after being in that job for so long and not enjoying it, I had to put my foot down because I just needed to advocate for myself and fight for what I really wanted because I was not happy and I wanted it to be a place where I could be happy because I deserve it. And everyone deserves to be happy too. If you have something that you enjoy and you want to pursue it, go for it. Amigos, welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Before we get into today's guest episode, I quickly wanted to tell you guys what I've been up to. If you don't follow me on Instagram or if you haven't listened to the last few episodes of the podcast, then you might not know that I started doing something. It came naturally through the podcast and it's that I've been helping women with coaching and I basically just motivate them to see their own potential. We are so capable of so many different things and we are entirely up to us. So I just wanted to quickly introduce it here. If you're interested in learning more, you can check out the link below or you could DM me at Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez. I will be coming back on here a few more times just talking a little bit more about what it is I'm doing and how you can work with me. For now, if you feel like what I just said kind of caught your interest and you're interested in learning more, you can send me a DM or you can check the link below. Today's guest is Jana. She is a Filipina-American digital creative and filmmaker living in sunny LA. She works as a lead video producer creating viral social content that amplifies diverse stories at BuzzFeed and as a content creator empowering young Filipina-Americans to thrive in their daily lives. In her spare time, she puts her English degree to use by writing screenplays and finds joy in reading fiction, watching K-drama and anime, and overspending on decaf lattes at coffee shops. Something I love that came up in this episode and actually has come up a few times on the podcast with some of the guests we've had on the pod is when guests call out what they want out loud and they say it on the podcast and I love that they do that because I feel like it makes us a part of that that vision that they have and I feel like it's a great way for us to send out those positive vibes those great visions with them and just to see, you know, if I ever have them on the podcast again, where they are at that moment. And if we can go back in time, listen to this podcast episode and see, you know, the transformation. I think it's a beautiful thing to look back on. All right. Without further ado, please welcome my friend, Jana. Hi, everyone. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you, Drea? Happy to be here. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on. I can't wait for people to hear your story and get to know you a little bit better. Let's start from the beginning. How did you get to be doing what you're doing? Did you always know that you wanted to be a digital creative, more into filming and digital part of creation? Or how did you get into this? So starting from the beginning, I always knew that I wanted to pursue something creative. I always wanted to be a writer, a fil- like a film screenwriter growing up. So when I went to college, I decided to be an English major. So that's where I, that that's like my humble beginnings. So growing up, I always wanted to pursue something creative, which is why I decided to be an English major at UCLA. And then I was, as I was going about my college trajectory, I decided that I wanted to be a film major. So I applied to the film major program, didn't get it. Because <laughs> everything at UCLA is competitive. And then I tried to, I applied to the communications major, also didn't get it. So I definitely felt a little bit lost when I was in college. But then I was able to get an internship at a social media company called Full Screen, 
which they are defunct now, but that was my foot in the door. It was a social media strategist position or like it was a social media strategy internship, which was very new for me at the time. I graduated in 2016. So I think that was when social media was finally starting to become something that people could monetize off of and make a living out of. So strategy was a very like growing, but important component to social media content. So I got the internship and this was during, I got the internship during my spring quarter. And then after I graduated, I like begged them to please take me on as a full-time employee because I just graduated and I was really trying to stay in LA because I didn't want to go back home because home for me is sand, which is not that far away from LA, but I really wanted to stay in LA and pursue the entertainment industry. So I... Luckily, I was able to, in retrospect, I'm debating if it was luckily, but I was able to get a full-time job two weeks after graduating. And that's where I started. And I learned very quickly, though, that social media strategy was very far from what I thought it was going to be. It was a lot of publishing, of looking at analytics, which has... I'm very grateful for that knowledge now because I feel like I can look at my analytics for my own content and think about it more strategically and and know where people are what people are invested in just from looking at my analytics but to have that as a full-time job was not what I was aligned with I I knew from the get-go that I wanted to do something creative and I found myself in a position where I just was not enjoying my job I was in that job for two years was promoted but still did not enjoy my life and then I was reached out by a recruiter from BuzzFeed for a similar role, a social media strategist role, but it was BuzzFeed. And I had grown up watching so many BuzzFeed videos in college and like watching tasty videos and replicating their tasty recipes. So when I got that message from that recruiter, I was like, oh my God, this is wild. But it was for a role that was like, that was the same position that I was in at full screen. But in my head, I was like, if there is a chance for me to maybe pivot at BuzzFeed, then maybe that could happen. But I also wanted to give the role another shot and see what it would be like to do strategy in-house because my role at full screen was, it acted more like an agency. I created, I was creating strategy and publishing content for brands like entertainment and Netflix and their publishing cadence is wild because they post constantly on YouTube all the time. But I wanted to take a shot with BuzzFeed. So I left my full screen job and worked at BuzzFeed, learned a lot because they do things a lot differently than like at an agency because everything's in house and everyone is just so creative. It was a really great environment to be in. And I was in my strategist role for a year. And then I was like, yeah, this is still not for me. I'm not aligned with publishing and strategy. I really want to transition to to be a producer. So I was looking through BuzzFeed's job, their, the job list. And then I found a social video producer role where they were, the role would basically be making Facebook and Instagram compilations. So creating compilations out of like viral content that you see on TikTok. Long story short, I was able to transition. And this was literally before lockdown in 2020. So it was a, honestly, it was a blessing in disguise because I was finally able to pivot from something that I had been in for so long that I was not aligned with. I was not happy with. I tried so hard to make it work, but I just, I knew deep down that I just wanted to create 
just to create social media content. And finally, in March 2020, I got I was able to get the job of my dreams. And and from there, I just I feel like it's catapulted. I, I originally I made content based on other TikTokers content. So oh, there's a team at BuzzFeed where they compile TikToks or like things on Instagram or YouTube and create a narrative out of it. So that was my role for a year, less being on camera and more like producing and compiling this content. And then in October, 2020, I was really inspired and I just wanted to make content on my own. And I got really inspired by, by people that were sharing their family recipes and learning how to cook from their mothers. So I was like, I want to do that too. <laughs> and we were in the in a pandemic. I really wanted to showcase my culture through video. So I asked my mom if she was down to teach me how to make lumpia, uh, which is a Filipino spring roll for a video. And at first, it, <laughs> at first she was like really hesitant because she's very camera shy, but I told her she'd be great. And we made a video where she taught me how to make Lumpia. And that video blew up on BuzzFeed. It's I think it's now at 11 million views on Facebook. That that video is the reason why I have my following now. Like it just blew up and my following, my follower count blew up. And I made a series of videos after that. I made after the Lumpia video, I did Filipino breakfast, Filipino noodles and Filipino dessert. I think there was another one. I, dessert actually came later, but I made a series of Filipino cuisine, or I made a series of Filipino dishes that my mom would teach me and it, all of them blew up. And that is how I have the following. Oh, that is how, that's how I was able to break into the following that I have now, which I'm really grateful for. And, and then I had this following and did not expect this at all. I made my content because I really had this genuine desire to share my culture and a family recipe that I dearly love. And I got a following out of it, which was completely unexpected, but it's been a blessing and, and it's been a wild ride to say the least. Cause I, I didn't think that I would be a quote unquote content creator after this, but after getting that following and after starting to make reels and TikToks, I just fell into loving, like I started loving it. So now I'm taking ownership of the fact that yes, I'm owning the fact that I'm a content creator now before I was resistant to it. Because I know there's like stigmas and there's a lot of stories of people getting burnt out. But I, what grounds me is being able to make content that I enjoy, that I would want to see. And that's how I started. <laughs> that's a very long-winded journey. But it's a long journey to get here, to be honest. And I'm very happy now. I think three years, three or four years ago, I wouldn't have been able to say that. But I'm happy with where I'm at now. And yeah. I love that that's your story that just creating the content that you love could also be something that other people could love and could appreciate with you and what a sweet way to start your content creator journey instead of trying to figure out what it is that someone else wants to see instead you went in and you were like what do I want to see and also involve your mom which is just so sweet yeah. And I'm sure I'll watch the video. You have to send it to me because oh God, I feel yes. like I'm going to fall in love with your mom. <laughs> I'm going to be like, yes, please teach me everything. Yeah. Oh my God. She, if she had a social media account, she would have gone viral by, or like she, she would have had a huge, probably a bigger following than me because everyone loved her. Oh my God. I believe yeah. it. <laughs> Did you ever feel during this time where you were in those jobs, where you were, you weren't really aligned with what you were doing that. Because you said that you had studied 
English, right, in school. So mm -hmm. did you ever feel like what you studied hindered what you were doing? Or did you ever feel like, oh, I should have studied this to be more so doing that? Yes. When I was a college student, I kept questioning whether being an English major was actually the right decision for me, which was why I applied to the film major program. I applied to the communications major program. And it did, as I said before, like it didn't work because I got rejected from both programs. So there was a lot of, yeah, I felt very lost and questioned whether what I was studying was even going to be applicable. But looking back, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I also put a lot of emphasis on the connections I made in college and the extracurriculars that I did. I was a video reporter for UCLA's newspaper called The Daily Bruin. And then I was also a production assistant for UCLA's on-campus TV station. So I picked up a lot of the skills that I now use for my job through those activities. It wasn't really from my major or anything that I did academically. It was purely from the experiences that I was fortunate enough to get through college. So I think that's what really matters, just being able to build that experience. I'm still grateful for having for still having an English degree because I think I learned a lot about like building a case because a lot of my essays were based on like having a thesis statement, having a strong argument. And I think that's still very relevant for when for example, you're building a case for a video and supporting your claim on a video. So that's like an indirect way of how it relates. But besides that, I think what really matters is the experience that you gain and just going for it. Yeah, I love pointing that out when someone tells me that they studied something and they end up doing something different, but it's still related. Because, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like our generation sometimes gets stuck in, oh no, I studied this and I have to continue doing this forever. And then they end up finding out later on either whether it's while you're studying it or right after you graduate or a few years down the line you realize that you love something else I feel like it's normal sometimes to feel like you can't do something else because you studied something so specific or you studied something like you have a major in something else and so it could feel like you have to continue down that path but I have interviewed so many people that have found love in something else and exactly have, yeah and have realized that they can do more than one thing and I think that's so important to highlight for someone mm -hmm. that could be hearing this and is saying I have to pursue what I studied or there's no way I can do two things at once which I just don't think is the truth at least for me that wasn't the case I studied music business and now I'm doing a podcast and I still do music but I also do a podcast so I think exactly. it's really important to highlight. And it actually brings me to my next thing I wanted to ask you, which is you are on a self-love journey, which I love because I totally align with that. And we were just talking about that before recording the podcast, but something that you posted the other day, which I loved, I think it was yesterday where you said that you were creating solely to create. And yes. I think that's something <laughs> really important to talk about because I have talked about this before on the podcast where you just should recreate sometimes to exactly. be creative and not have to share it with anyone or post about it or explain anything about it. It's mostly just for you. And there's this book that I've also talked about here called The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. And yes. she talks about artist dates. And I love 
that idea of an artist day. And I've done it ever since I read the book because it's really nourished my mm-hmm. mind, my creative self. I've needed those days where I'm just alone writing or coloring. Like I saw you were coloring. I do the same thing. Oh yeah. It works such a different part of my brain and it helps me relax. Like it helps me really just not think about anything else, but what I'm doing and how much fun I'm having. So can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that? How has your self-love journey evolved and more about just being creative for the sake of being creative? Yeah. My self-love journey is, it definitely comes in waves. I feel like some days I think it's very strong and some, some other days it can be hard to love myself sometimes, but I think that's, I think it's really all about the process and just doing your best and being gentle with yourself when there are days when it's hard to love yourself, which is why I wanted to share the series because I feel like self-love isn't always linear. It's always like it's, it comes in waves. So I really wanted to highlight that in this little series that I'm doing. And I, I think something that helps a lot is just, yeah, creating for fun because I've always considered myself as a creative person. And it wasn't until I finally was able to get a full-time job in something that was creative that I realized I missed the part where I can just create for fun and it was a hobby and it was something that it was like a little haven for me away from like when my job was something that I didn't like. So now I'm making more of an effort to create and try not to share it on social media that much or film it. The That video was a different case because I wanted to share the message of just create for fun. Um, I think it was important to share that for sure. Yeah. You need to create <laughs> for fun. And that was fun for you. Why not? Yeah, I think that was a great part of the video. Yeah, and I feel especially with the boom of TikTok, I think more and more people are cre- creating to hit a certain number of followers or hit a certain number of views. There's, I guess, a lot of stakes now in, in sharing what you're creating, but I also think it's important to have creative hobbies where you keep the sanctity of it. I told myself my goal for April was to do my paint by the numbers kit. And I find I did it on the last day of April. So I'm very proud of myself for doing that. But I also love scrapbooking. I was very into bullet journaling. So that was also my, for a while, that was my creative hobby. I think it keeps that part of our brain, like the part of ourselves that wants to let our inner child play. I think that's really important to nourish because when we're just creating just to, I think that can be very damaging and lead to burnout. So I'm trying, I think me feeling a little bit burnt out is a sign that I should nourish that inner child a little bit more and invest more time in creating for fun, which I acknowledge that I haven't been able to do as much, but I'm slowly getting back into it. So Yeah. Yeah. I love what I love about your content. And since I started following you was that I love that you share all these different things that you really love and enjoy and you like thoroughly love and enjoy it. Like I know you watch K-drama and anime and I love that you share about that and that you're super passionate about it. It's made me like (laughs) want to really know more about these characters that you talk about because I'm like, yeah, I'm missing out on something really fun. But yeah, but you also, you were talking about how you also, you know, are into filmmaking. Is that something that you would want to pursue, like to pitch like a script in the future? Or is that something that you are thinking of? What's that for you? Yeah, I still want to pursue filmmaking. That was the first thing that I wanted to do out of high school. And it's still something that 
I want to pursue. I just so happened to pick up social media content creation. I, I still enjoy that part, but I know down the line that I think eventually I'll want to phase out of making content and pursuing more like longer term projects. Like I would love to show run. I think that would, that's like a big long-term goal for me. Yeah. So I'm still figuring out like how I want to break into that part of the industry. Cause it's so different, I think from like social media content creation, but I've been really, I've been tapping into things that I enjoy writing. So right now I'm, in, I'm writing short films or in the process of writing a short film. And also, I'm also ideating on a potential pilot that hopefully I'll get to a good place where I could eventually submit to festivals or I know they have screenwriting competitions. So that's the route that I'm going through or that's the route that I've that I'm choosing right now. I know that people will be like a writer's assistant or PA, but to be honest, I don't want to go through that route because I feel like it's just you just climb the ladder. (laughs) And I feel like that would, that's for me personally, I feel like that would be less fun than doing what I'm doing now. So I'm hoping I'm trying to figure out and balancing doing what I'm doing now while also like also nourishing my writing skills and brain. But yeah, filmmaking is still definitely something that I want to pursue. And it's something that I did do during college for a bit. I helped out on some short films and released a short film in college. And then also I did produce and write a short film that was accepted to the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival back in 2020 when the lockdown happened. So we didn't have an actual screening, which was unfortunate, but it was part of the selection. So that was really cool to see. So yeah, I've yeah just been writing and hopefully it goes somewhere. <laughs> I love what you said about you not wanting to do what everyone says needs to be done to get your script read or get more into the filmmaking world because I think something that we should talk about or something that should be said is that not everyone's journey is the same and just because someone did it one way doesn't mean that it can't happen for you in another way and I think that's something so important to highlight because we see someone's success story sometimes and we think okay this person did it this way I'm just going to follow what they did and although that's a great way to learn and start if you don't know where to start. I also think it's important to say that that doesn't mean that's the way it's going to happen for you. You probably won't meet the same people. You probably won't be in the same place mentally, physically, whatever it is. You might not be where that person was and everything happens the way it's supposed to for you. Yeah. We can carve our own journeys, I think. So for sure. And you have to do what feels comfortable for you, right? If that doesn't feel right to you to do something that you just don't feel like that's where you got to be, then you don't have to do that. Um, Exactly. Can you say what it means to create content for you? I think creating content for me means, there's a lot for me. I want it to be something that I'm passionate about or something that I want my content to be something that fully aligns with me. Otherwise I won't resonate with it myself. And then I think the second part is community. I found that a lot of the content that I feel really good about also feels good with my community. And it's very, it feels really good when someone from my community tells me that this content resonated with them or that they, that it inspired them. And it keeps me going to continue making that content because, because yeah, I think it's important to 
to think about the community and ground the work in that. So I think that's what it means to me. I love that answer. I think it's so, it's such a good answer because people focus so much nowadays on numbers. And like you were saying with the boom on TikTok, and we've talked about this so many times, but it just, that's not everything. Like the number isn't anything. I think Mm. we'll forget how big a number, like even 50 people is. Yeah. Imagine having, I think I heard this in another podcast. I have to remember what it was, but it was something like, imagine having 50 people at your house. You, what do you do with 50 people at your house? Yeah, that's a lot of people. Yeah, like, I told them to get out. <laughs> yeah, like you, have to, like you have to get like a catering. Like you have to come up with, you just have to plan. It's 50 people. My apartment's definitely not big enough for 50 people. If you think about it that way, it just puts everything into perspective. Like the a smallest amount of people, even 10 people is still a big amount of people. Yeah. And so I think your answer is so great because community is everything. If you have those people that you can bond with, you can relate to, you can share stories with, you can connect with, that's Mm -hmm. everything. What are some tips or advice you would give to someone who wants to do what you do, whether it be like content creation or be a lead video producer for something as big as Buzzfeed or just do content creation for their community or even filmmaking and testing Mm -hmm. out these other creative outlets, what would you say to them? What's your tip? What are your tips or advice for someone that's listening right now? Ooh, my biggest advice is to not be afraid to take up space and to advocate for yourself with what you want and to just do it. I feel like during my journey, I, at first I felt like I was really scared to take up that space because of imposter syndrome and thinking that I, I, wouldn't be able to do it, but I think it clicked in my head that this is what I want. Like after being in that job for so long and not enjoying it, I had to put my foot down because I just needed to advocate for myself and fight for what I really wanted because I was not happy and I wanted it to be a place where I could be happy because I deserve it. And everyone deserves to be happy too. If you have something that you enjoy and you want to pursue it, go for it. The truth is that any person that you admire, if you look at their story, it wasn't some straight shot. Like we were saying with self-love, like your journey is not this like linear thing. It's scrambled mm-hmm. and it's up and down and you learn mm-hmm. things and you fall down and you get back up. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing with failing. Once you right. realize that it's just a part of the journey failing and even accomplishing things and embracing those accomplishments, all of that is a part of the journey. So I love what you said. It, mm-hmm. it is, it is part of it. And those are, that's great advice for someone that would want to do what you're doing right now. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love this conversation. Me too. This was so fun. Thank you so much, Drea. Yeah, of course. Also, people can't see you, but I want everyone to know that <laughs> Jana was literally just smiling the entire time. Like she was oh smiling the entire time that we were talking about oh the podcast. <laughs> Please let people know where they can find you if they want to check out your content, if they want to DM you and connect, where can they find you? Yes. So my Instagram is Jana.m. And that's also my TikTok. So my Instagram and TikTok are both Jana.m. And I'm most active on both of those platforms. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Thank you, Drea, for having me. How adorable is she, right? 
Okay, here are the takeaways from Jana's episode. Number one, maybe take the job while keeping in mind that there could be room to pivot inside the company in the future. Number two, make content that you enjoy and stay grounded. Number three, three or four years ago, you might have not been able to say what you have now, so be grateful. Number four, pay attention to the experiences you have that can be used for your future jobs. Number five, self-love is about the process and doing your best. It isn't linear and it comes in waves. Number six, nourish your inner child and let them play. Number seven, focus on your passion and your community and ground the work on that. Number eight, don't be afraid to take up space and advocate for yourself. Thank you so much, amigos. As always, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast and listening and learning from these creatives. It means the world to me to be able to do this with you guys every single time. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I can't wait to see you guys next time. Ciao.